Welcome everyone to the next episode of Pop Topic. I'm your co-host Quentin Phillips and to help break down the latest movies or stories regarding film, we have Tristan. How are you doing today? Doing great, man. Doing great. How are you doing? Just been chilling the last two weeks, watching movies, you know, doing the same old, same old. Uh, You know, it's the summer, so uh, while everyone else is out, uh, you know, getting a nice tan, I'm just indoors watching more movies and getting ready for the three films I'm actually going to see in theaters, Mission Impossible, Oppenheimer, and Barbie. So, you know, uh, until then, I'm kind of just waiting to go to the theaters, but, uh, you know, it's it's been been a pretty disappointing summer so far for the summer blockbuster season. A bit of a lackluster summer blockbuster season but i'm i'm holding out hope for for make any final judgment on as you mentioned three more big hitters coming up this next two weeks all three of those come up in two weeks here uh yeah yeah actually i believe by the time we do the next podcast i would have seen all three yeah uh, yeah most likely me too as well so uh yeah, sort of sort of holding out hope that uh you know this next couple weeks you can really redeem the summer's box office success here because so far Everything's flopping left, right, and center if it doesn't have Spider-Man's face on you know? Yeah, I'm actually surprised at how poorly films are doing. I've been saying since the beginning of the entire year that I thought this summer looked pretty weak. So I guess I feel like I'm kind of with the masses for the first time in a while. I kind of assumed everybody would have been going out to see Indiana Jones and Flash and, I guess, Transformers or whatever. But uh, no, I guess everyone's just like me and they just went to see Spider-Man and they're waiting for these three, maybe. I do think these next three are all going to be big hits, all big successful films. Will it be enough to save the summer? I don't know. Um, but yeah, Indiana Jones is disappointed heavily. Transformers isn't doing great. Fast X bombed. So did a, uh, of course, Flash is doing even worse than Fast X did. Little Mermaid wasn't a big hit like Lion King was that Disney was hoping. Um, they're, all, they're all doing subpar or not very good at all, besides, besides Spider-Man, which is a massive hit. So hopefully, hopefully we get a little more of a box off in the revival here in the next couple weeks. But um, and I agree. Honestly, I've seen most of these films, most of the, the bombs, and they, uh, most of them haven't been very good. And I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah, but even when big blockbusters aren't good movies, they still do well in the box office like normally. Jurassic Park or Jurassic yeah. World, I mean. Jurassic World, that's the, 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 the biggest glaring example to me. That one did so good box office-wise. But it was such a bad film. Like, it was, it was, like I don't see why somebody enjoyed it. You know, some of the other films I don't really like, I get why some people would enjoy it. But something like Jurassic Park, Jurassic World Dominion, I don't see where anyone found enjoyment in that. But it did so good in box office. Any Marvel film uh, two years or older, like, like the last year and a half, Marvel has, you know, if it's not a good movie, they've been feeling the repercussions of it. But like even back in the day, like Ant-Man and the Wasp was like almost a billion dollars and Captain Marvel was a billion dollars. Like in 2019, like it didn't matter if, if you had the movie Marvel on it. If you had the title Marvel in the movie, wise. you're Especially fine. Especially that period of time in between Infinity War and Endgame, Marvel could have released a literal piece of turd on the screen for two hours, and it would have made a billion dollars. Like Between Infinity War and Endgame, Marvel could have done anything, and it would have made a billion dollars. Yeah. Any studio, like, a couple of years ago, if as long as it was, like, an IP, like, it was going to guarantee to make some money. Like, even the original Suicide Squad, right? Like, nobody liked that movie, but it just yeah. did absolute gangbusters. But nowadays, like, it kind of... Does seem like it has to be good. A year or two later, the Justice League bombed pretty spectacular. That's true. That that is a good point. Yeah, that was like a year after Suicide Squad, and uh, that didn't do as well. So that is fair. And to be fair, I guess it also has to do with the budget, right? Like the ones that bombed. Yeah. Little Mermaid has made a decent amount of money, 
but it had a $200 million budget, which is just silly. Like, why did it have that? Elementals had a $200 million budget. Why? It shouldn't have had that. Yeah. Or like Fast X would have uh, made decent money, actually. Like, it's actually not yeah. done terrible. It's just it has like a $340 million budget. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, the budget shouldn't be pushing like over $200 million that off. But they seem to do it consistently nowadays. So no wonder none of these movies are making that kind of money. Yeah, especially three hundred million. Like if you're at that price point, you're literally banking on it has to be over a billion to like break even. It needs even. to be a billion dollar hit in order to make. Money. Yeah, <laughs> like for you to make actual money, you need to be a billion dollar movie, and that's just that's too much to gamble. Like that's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, that's probably why it feels like this summer every film is flopping. It just seems like this year every film had like an insane budget. Some of the budget inflation for these kind of films, a lot of these movies were the movies that were in production before the pandemic hit or right when the pandemic was hitting, which I'm sure slowed the process, drew it out a lot longer, making it a lot more expensive, keeping people on payroll for a lot longer for making of these films. I'm sure that's part of it, but at some point in time, the pandemic has to stop being. Yeah, I would give that excuse to any film that came out last summer, but this summer... Like, obviously, it's still a factor, but, like, it's still not the excuse for why each film's, like, $300 million. It's, like, that, you know, F9 came out after COVID, so, like, like Fast 10 has no yeah. excuse. Like, they, they made a yeah. movie in between. You know, yeah, it's tough. It, it's kind of crazy, the uh, the amount of money that some of these movies uh, have had on it. And, like, once again, Spider-Verse is the only film that's, like, really profiting. It's because it had a small budget. Like, if it had the Fast 10 budget, it'd be breaking even right now. But because it's a much smaller budget, it's doing great. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. that's just the perspective you need to have for some of these movies. Speaking of the three films that are coming out in a few weeks' time, uh, you were saying that hopefully they profit well or do well in the, in the box office. Uh, we, they actually just dropped a couple of hours ago the opening weekend estimates for these three movies. So, you know, who knows how well these estimates are going to hold? That's never mean a goddamn uh, it, it doesn't mean that much in the grand scheme of things to me, but it's interesting to see which ones are gonna pr- are predicted to do better over others. Uh, Oppenheimer of the main core three we're talking about: Barbie, Mission Impossible, and Oppenheimer. Uh, Oppenheimer is the one that is predicted to do uh, far worse. Yeah, no, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I thought since it had the IMAX unlocked from Mission Impossible, and because it's a Christopher Nolan film, I thought, oh, okay, that might be doing pretty well. But uh, no, it looks like Barbie uh, of the three is probably the the strongest. I'm not surprised at all. Look, I'm super excited for Oppenheimer. Nolan is my favorite director. Uh, Cillian Murphy looks fantastic in this role. The marketing looks great. But at the end of the day, it's still a three hour black and white R rated biopic set on an obscure historical figure from the '40s. This was never going to do Barbie-level gangbusters. It, it had no chance. It doesn't have a chance, I don't think. Three-hour R-rated film set in black and white that most people think, oh, if you want to watch, you've got to pay the $3 ticket to go watch and see it in IMAX. You know what I mean? That, that's a that tough sell on a general audience. Where a Barbie, you know, made by people they recognize, Margot Robbie, uh, Ryan Gosling, said about Barbie, you know, a famous toy for generations now that, you know, generations of women have grown up with. Uh, of course, it's going to be a bigger hit than, than that's That's a no I didn't know Oppenheimer was in black and white. Uh, parts of it are. It's actually, I believe, the first film that any scenes shot in IMAX black and white for the first time. I, I, I believe it swaps back and forth between black and white. Anyway. Interesting. Honestly, yeah, yeah, it makes, then, yeah, it's, makes it's, me a little more excited. I, I didn't know that. That's, yeah, I that's think it would be really cool, especially since like the first one to ever use black and white IMAX footage. Because why would you fill something in IMAX in black and white? But no one's crazy enough to do it. 
Yeah, that's uh that's a Nolan for you. It's yeah. a real Nolan move for sure. Uh, but yeah, no, I think it's I think Oppenheimer's gonna be a decent decent sized hit, but it's coming in third of those three. Both a uh, Barbie and Mission Impossible make. Now which of those two movies are gonna do better in the long run? I, I actually don't know. I think I, does Tom Cruise have the uh, the highest of the three uh resale tickets? Uh right now Bar so Barbie's predicted to make uh eighty to hundred million and then Mission okay. Impossible is predicted to make ninety million. So right in the middle of Barbie's prediction. So uh, okay. the pretty I next assume to that, that Mission Impossible is a higher opening, but I feel like if one of them's gonna have longer legs I was gonna say Barbie, but then I just remember what Topman did last year, right? You know what I mean? Topman had more legs than any other than you know, anything else did, so Maybe I'm wrong on that, but I would think something like Barbie would have a little more legs. I think Barbie would have more legs. I think Mission Impossible is inevitably going to be top-heavy because everyone's going to want to see it the first week when it's only an IMAX. True, also true. And Top Gun uh, had great legs because every movie that came after it was so bad that they would claim all the IMAX seats for one week and then Top Gun would just take it back the week after. And like they yeah, kept yeah, getting the absolutely. IMAX seats. Like he's not getting IMAX after the first week. So I feel like the legs no, are going to be a little tough. Bad Oppenheimer does. I believe it's locked in for three weeks. Like yeah. it's in a it can bomb the first week and it'll still be in there for two more weeks in IMAX, I believe. Yeah, I think so too. Now, I, I hope it doesn't bomb. I'm sure it's going to be great. Well, it will bomb, but hopefully not, you know, literally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll see if this is another box office bomb. You already know that's going to be in the articles. They probably have it rewritten. Oh, 100% they do. Yeah, it's already probably saved in a document. They're hoping it does terrible just to make the atomic bomb box office bomb joke. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so that'll be interesting to, uh, you know, it'll be interesting uh, next time we do the podcast to discuss the three films and how well they're doing. Uh, if we both end up watching them before we do the podcast, but we'll definitely have seen one or two of them by the time we get to it so we'll have some discussion between those three films i'm excited for all three it's the only three i was excited for for this summer so i've kind of just been waiting uh yeah that's true yeah 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 besides spider-man but um, i agree these were the three my my big three films of the the summer for sure uh oppenheimer and barbie being two of my most anticipated movies of the year really yeah um and even uh, and even spider-man no offense to spider-man but like of the four it'd be the one i was like the least excited to like need to see in the theater just because i guess it's animated and these three just feel more spectacle on the screen uh i definitely wanted to see spider-man in theaters but like you know if i was held up from basic training another month or something uh and i missed it i wasn't gonna like cry about it i think that's what is probably interesting about these three films uh like you're saying uh you know op nine or mission impossible are literally like action imax spectacles and barbie is so full of color that i just think it's gonna look gorgeous on the screen so these three are probably gonna be the most exciting to see in theaters uh but as you know uh who knows if that's what people want nowadays uh you know indiana jones is a action star one of the first blockbusters ever and it did terrible uh opening week so who knows what the audiences want anymore probably just not a 90 year old as an action i won't take this uh blasphemy against harrison ford but yeah <laughs> well that and honestly also like i've been seeing people you know ranking the uh the indiana jones films and it's in the general consensus that the only good one's the first and maybe the third one and that most people seem to hate the rest of them yeah i was gonna say I was, hold on a second the third one's incredible and i think i think people love the third one um yeah people like the third one. people don't like the second though or the fourth or, uh, and i'm one of those people uh, i think the first is the second greatest blockbuster of all time. And I think the third one is like maybe even in my top 10 
I, I think it's an incredible blockbuster. But the the second and fourth, I, I I don't even know if I would consider them good. Like I I don't like them. I've only I've seen the first one so many times. Uh, I think I've only seen the rest of them once. Oh, you like when was the last time you visited Last Crusade, the the third one? No, I, I for sure want to do a rewatch of all three of them or all four of them uh, before I watch this new one. Yeah, uh, I watched the third one like a year ago, and it was fucking awesome. It's so good. The, the third one's incredible. Uh, I, I never rewatched the fourth one though. I saw the other three last summer just for fun. Um, I, I don't know if I ever want to see the fourth one again, but maybe I should before this movie. I think that's kind of the issue with Indiana Jones, and that's why I'm not seeing it in theaters. Uh, unless I said, unless people gave it glowing reviews for this new Indiana Jones movie. Uh, I, I don't have much interest in it because, one, Spielberg's not directing it. It's, yeah, I think that's a big miss. Well, it's just because Spielberg didn't want to do it, right? Like, if Spielberg wanted to do the fifth movie, that means he actually has a good idea. The fact he doesn't want to do it, and they probably presented him with this script, and he probably thought, uh, no, that doesn't look very good. Like, I'll trust my boy Spielberg. Yeah, this is he's, yeah he loves Indiana Jones. If he doesn't want to do this script, uh, I don't know. It gave me red flags right off the bat, uh, even though he did agree to do Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and that was pretty brutal. Uh, and then that, that's the other reason. Uh, the fourth movie was just so out of left field. It was just not the Indiana Jones that I love from the first three films. Like, even the second one, I, I, I don't think it's a good movie, but at least it's kind of foundational to the character. Like, it, it's a good movie for Indiana Jones. Like the fourth one's just its own fucking joke. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. So, this fifth one, I wasn't that into um and yeah i feel like based off of the buzz i've been hearing i feel like uh i kind of saw this one coming uh i did not realize the budget of this movie have you seen the budget of this film i'm guessing it's silly it's fast x budget level it's like 330 million dollars apparently it's over 300 mil it's never making that it's not making a billion dollars there's never a chance of this movie making a billion yeah 300 million what what were they thinking like none of the other indiana jones movies ever made close to that did they not, not even a chance. Uh, well, no, but also two, the, the first, like, like the trilogy was, like, in the 80s, right? So... Yeah. Like, no movie in the 80s made a billion dollars, right? Like, the first exactly. billion dollars was, yeah. They didn't have a chance. Same <laughs> with the movies nowadays. It doesn't got a chance. Come on. Yeah, but, like, I'm just saying, like, the first Star Wars didn't make a billion dollars, but then they rejuvenated it, and they did afterwards. So, like, don't base it off the 80s and 70s, but at the same time... There literally hasn't been a good Indiana Jones film in the last 30-something years, so it's not yeah. like people have been, like, building up a love for this franchise. Like, maybe have a smaller budgeted film that's just, like, a really good script, good story, uh, and then maybe if it starts, like, maybe becomes, like, a favorite to the audiences, uh, then they can maybe start adding bigger budgeted epics to the franchise. But yeah, yeah uh, starting like this, no way. The majority of the movie going public, there hasn't been a successful Indiana Jones film in their entire lifetime. Like, most people have never seen an Indiana Jones film in theaters before. Why do they think of that a billion dollars for that we're going to go do with this? Yeah, it's insane. And also, I, I guess they don't really announce the marketing costs, right? No, that doesn't include marketing and distribution. If they don't have the number announced yet, I, I can make a pretty good guess. The, the number has to be fucking huge. I don't know about your city, Tristan. I have never seen a movie that wasn't Marvel marketed as heavy as this Indiana Jones movie. Really? It's everywhere. Like, I, like every bus, every billboard, every commercial on YouTube, uh, every podcast I listen to is sponsored by Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Everything. Ah, 
Is, I, I, it must be a different story. I haven't seen anywhere near that much marketing. I see, you know, fairly same amount of marketing for this film as I saw for like Fast X or The Flash. In fact, I probably saw more for The Flash than, than a, uh, this yeah. one here. Even though I would say some of the posters I've seen for this movie, some good movies, some good posters. They, 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 they did good work on the posters. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. They're classic sort of adventure type kind of posters. I really appreciate a lot of the poster work for this film. Yeah, some of the poses were actually pretty nice. Honestly, it was the first time I was like, oh, actually, maybe I am tempted. Like, it, you know, it did get me kind of excited because it's the same stuff. I was decently excited for this film until the reviews came out and they were mixed at best, if not a business. You know what I mean? Like, they were, people were like, eh, hey, when's it terrible? And other people were like, yeah, it's terrible. I haven't seen anyone really sing the praises of the film at all, which, which I'm disappointed. I was hoping it was really thunder. Uh, yeah, I, I've heard the movie's fine. I, I've heard very little negative reviews on it it's just most people are like it's fine it's cute yeah, you're right. I think you'll most, like it the number one thing i'm seeing is like people are asking why was this me that seems to be like most people you know like why why was this me that's my question with like half the blockbusters nowadays like <laughs> you know yeah what makes that's this one any different like why was the flash made right like like you know oh oh the flash yeah well, yeah, yeah like you know but honestly i actually yeah. saw transformers this past week Oh yeah, and I thought it was quite fun. I had a good time. Yeah, I actually heard it's actually pretty decent. Uh, yeah, yeah. A fun blockbuster. I feel you know yeah. it's not trying to do anything new or different. In fact, there are some moments in there that felt very inspired by blockbusters of the past, namely Jurassic Park moments in there. Maybe even some Indiana Jones kind of moments in there. It, it, I, it, you know, it really felt like a classic summer blockbuster. Not you know the greatest film of all time, the greatest movie of the year, nothing. But if you like a good summer action flick, this was a fun one. You know, some of the best robot on robot combat I've ever seen. In Quite enjoyable. I should check it out. You saw it in theaters? I did. I was bored yeah. one day. And actually, my, one of my coworkers, he recommended it to me. I'm like, ah, screw it. I got to know. I walked down and saw it. And, uh, I thought it was pretty, pretty solid. Good time. That movie does sound pretty good. Yeah, I was about to say, it didn't do terrible in the box office, but because its budget was bigger than it should have been, uh, yeah, it's good a bomb like the the rest of this year so far and but. i know it's tough to do something like a transformers movie uh with a lower budget yeah it's gonna make sense for that kind of film yeah so the way you do it is not having worse cgi or even having less it's having a shorter film don't have the movie two hours and 20 minutes have the movie be an hour and a half this way you can save 50 dollars worth of expensive cgi or 50 minutes worth of expensive cgi you know i mean if you have a shorter tighter film that's where you save the money, not having worse CGI or less CGI throughout the course of a two-and-a-half-hour film. I just haven't been a shorter film in general. There, you know, this is a good movie. It didn't really need to be two-and-a-half hours long. I felt like they would have just cut, down the, cut it down a little. They could have saved a lot of that budget by having less CGI in general. Modern movie audience, uh, I, we discussed this last year, they have this weird mindset where if it's a shorter movie, that means it's bad. Particularly, I find, like, like a uh, superhero fan. Yes, or, yeah, or superhero films mostly. Things that are based on existing IP. I remember like when the Mortal Kombat uh, time stamp came out, and it was like just over two hours. People were furious. How can you do a video game franchise that has 30 years of history in, in a two-hour film that has over you know, 50 characters in it, massive franchise? And the answer is because you're only telling one story, not all 30 years worth of stories. You know what I mean? You're not covering the entire 30-year history of Mortal Kombat in one two-hour film. You're telling one skimmed-down Tightly town, you know, well done story about a few of the characters, not the entire rogues gallery. You know, I mean, not every Transformers are in this, right? Yeah. Only a very couple of small groups of Transformers are in this. In fact, a lot of the Transformers that you and I know, of the few we can name, they weren't even in this. 
and that's how you do it. You, you do a focused, smaller story. But I agree. It feels weird that audiences get mad when, when a movie's under two hours now. Yeah, well, maybe the audience was onto something because that Mortal Kombat movie was considered to be pretty bad. And then I remember the uproar was about, wasn't it Thor Love and Thunder? They were saying, oh my gosh, it's like only two hours. Every Marvel film has to be two hours and 45 minutes. This movie's going to be terrible. And I, it, they were right. So maybe <laughs> maybe there is some weird uh, madness to their logic here with the uh, shortened runtime. No, no, no <laughs> not at all. You're telling me talent doesn't. Yeah, you're telling me talent doesn't equate to length. Is is, is that not a thing? Yeah. Uh, not at all. Yeah, it's so weird. That's the mindset people have, but you know, I, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like there are some weird people. Well, why would I spend a twelve dollar ticket to watch an hour and a half? Of and buy a twelve dollar ticket to watch a two and a half hour film. That's an extra hours worth of entertainment. And I guess if you're that pragmatic about how much money you spend for the movie tickets versus how long the film is. No one in movies probably isn't the hobby for you. You know, like that's just watch movies at home. Netflix would be cheaper for like twelve bucks a month. You can get unlimited hours. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That you know what I mean? Like if that's the only thing you're caring about here, it feels weird. Where I think having a, a shorter, well done story doesn't drag or you know is too long. Not that Transformers felt too long, but they most definitely could have shortened it down. There's no way they couldn't have made that a tight hour and a half and saved like a hundred million dollars for this huge guy. And actually would have turned a profit rather than being known as a flopper, you know, not very good. Because here's the thing, if they made a 90-minute movie and they turned profit, they can now afford to make another 90 minutes. Give you three hours worth of Transformers movie. But they make one mediocre two-and-a-half-hour Transformers movie, they don't get to make it anymore. Now you only get two-and-a-half hours of Transformers. This is how you got to reason with the Marvel and DC fans who only think long run times is the best way to make a movie. I just want to quickly see if there was any reports on the Indiana Jones marketing budget. Uh, there's not, but it's estimated to be roughly $170 million. That's actually not, not too crazy. But wait, that's just marketing, though. That's, that's marketing. marketing. Yeah, that's marketing. Its actual budget is, uh, the budget itself is 300 to $330 million. There's mixed reports. Uh, I hear some say so 300 Marketing, you're looking at about $500 million. Yeah, five, yeah. Which is <laughs> yeah. generally anywhere from 40 to 60% of your gross income. Meaning yeah. they got to be grossing a billion dollars to turn a profit yeah yeah that yeah exactly yeah, yeah. with marketing sure and the budget lucky that in the domestic market they typically can negotiate a better contract where they get 60 uh, percent of the domestic gross not just 50 percent like most many most companies do however even domestic they're getting 60 percent at best i think it's like closer to 70 in china so like i don't think there's a chance in hell these guys make money yeah an opening weekend i think it made a bit over 60 million domestically which is a good, it's a good opening for a franchise that hasn't had a film in thirty years. Well, oh sorry, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, but I, I, we ignore that one. A good one in thirty yeah, years. Yeah, fifteen years ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like they they haven't had one recently. Like sixty million is a good opening weekend. I don't know what they were expecting. They were expecting two hundred million. Like that, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, honestly, I think it got sixty million dollars uh, opening weekend because. The marketing, like I think everybody was like, "This is the only movie playing in theaters right now." Like it was everywhere. I, I guess maybe this is just in the city I was in, but like every podcast, every fucking video, there was some marketing for Dial of Destiny. I, I it it was almost Marvel level. Like you said, the Flash is pretty high too. The Flash had a lot of marketing as Flash well. I couldn't avoid. Yeah, it. Flash might have actually been more. That that, that was so huge. Flash trailer for every movie I went to go see in theaters this year since like January. I swear, every time you go, there's a trailer for the Flash before watching the movie. Yeah, I like. Act- 
Yeah, yeah. I actively avoid the Flash just because I couldn't stand the trailers, uh, and I still like every thirty minutes in my life, I somehow got the "You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts." I was like, "Shut the fuck up!" Like, Holy fucking shit! If and I the trailer show legitimately, the whole like if I hear Michael Keaton say that one more time in the trailer, I'm gonna lose my mind. I saw that everywhere. Like, what a freaking thing! Uh, you're right that 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 must have had like a two hundred million dollar budget because that was everywhere too. I mean, at this point, they're already losing so much. What, what's another 200 exactly exactly yeah you know Warner brothers and disney they're so used to just owning the industry that they can just like market the fuck out of these movies uh and then even if they do bad they're like ah fuck it you know we'll just throw it on more posters you know throw more billboards up they'll eventually see it uh yeah i i have no idea how indiana jones is making any money like even merchandise like i i just i don't know do people care about a 78 year old harrison ford i do but like i don't know if like the cat like you know the kids that normally go out to see these blockbuster films do they care that much about indiana jones i don't think so does our brother talk about it has, has he showed any interest Aiden? yeah oh no not at all oh, I, was, I was gonna say he's like a big movie guy and if he doesn't care about it like there's no one else his age that's gonna give a fuck as, yeah i was about to say and it's not even like it's at the point where like well the parent their parents probably like it so they'll take their kids to go see it but parents who have young kids right now they grew up in the 90s, not or the 2000s, not in the 70s and 80s. It's like the grandparents now who like Indiana Jones. You know what I mean? Like our parents, now we're adults for people our age simply have kids. You know what I mean? Like, like we're, like the people who did love Indiana Jones or grew up in Indiana Jones don't even have kids at home anymore to take. You know what I mean? They now either have teenagers at home or the kids have moved out and they got grandkids now. You know what I mean? Like it's not even like, well, the parents would take the kids because the parents liked it. Like when, say, when a SpongeBob movie comes out or something like that. But that's not the case anymore. Indiana Jones is too old for that even. So I don't really know where they thought all the butts and seats were coming from. Uh, like, sure, Indiana Jones, a beloved classic, but so is Jaws. There's a reason why there isn't a Jaws 5 coming. Because no one wants They'll just go watch Jaws again. Yeah, there's just some franchises you should just leave alone. Uh, and this yeah. might be one of them. I don't want to speak on the movie itself, because I feel like I might actually like it. Like, like I actually think I, I'm... I, yeah. I, I love you, right? <laughs> yeah, I think it could actually be pretty good. Yeah, I I hope it's fantastic. I probably I'll probably still check it out in theaters. Yeah, when I'm bored one afternoon, I'm not rushing out to the theater like I thought it was going to be. I was hoping the reviews would come in saying this is when you got to see on the big. See this one and I'm incredible. But I haven't heard anything really even about the action in this film, how great it is, or if it really does bring back like you know the uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark sort of style and theme of, of, of action adventure that those ones had. I haven't heard anything about it. Nothing good or bad. Just just a lot of meddling. It was a movie. Here we go. I pulled up the Indiana Jones Rotten Tomatoes score. Oh, for the new one? <laughs> yeah, for the new one, for Dollar Destiny. Uh, I'm going to guess audience score first. It's going to be a 76. 76? Uh, what's your guess for the, uh, for the critics? Critics score, for sure rotten, but not like severe. It'll be like uh, 47. Oh, wow. Uh, you're low on both. 69% for the critics and 88% for the audience. Oh, is that... Fresh then for critics? Just barely? Uh, yeah, fresh. Because I think it has to be lower than 60 and 69, yeah. so. so that's, that's uh, not certified fresh. Definitely not. I'm but... not surprised by the audience score at all, uh, but the critics score is higher than I expected. That's, that's good. That's not bad. Yeah, it's doing well critically and audience-wise um, in response to it. I think the reason why it has this perception of being kind of controversial and not being liked is because it was originally released in the Cannes Film Festival. Did you hear about those, Trist? That was like a while ago, right? 
yeah, like three months ago, it was released in a film festival because they were trying to get buzz building for it, probably because they saw how big the budget was. They're like, all right, we got to start getting this movie pumped, I guess. And I guess in the film festival, you know, it's like it's more of like the people that are more excited for Asteroid City because that was in the exact same film festival. Uh, and everyone was like, oh, man, yeah, Asteroid City, fantastic movie, uh, uh, past lives, masterpiece, Indiana Jones, the Dial of Destiny. What a piece of shit. Like, yeah, like the the. The Cannes yeah, crowd was not hyping it. Cannes feels like a weird one to release this one at. Because that one always was the most hoity toyed of all the film fest. Even more so like a Sunday. I think it was yeah, a bad call, yeah. As soon as I heard yeah. that, I even when I was hearing everyone saying how bad it was, in my head I thought those people just wouldn't like it. Like I just don't know why they yeah. even thought that was a good idea. Like, even Kiff would be a better spot for it than something like like Cannes. Yeah, like there's so much better ways to get some hype for it. I feel like that was just the that was the wrong call because it instantly kind of created this idea of oh this is going to be a controversial movie and it seems like it's actually yeah. relatively enjoyed. I just feel like it had this stigma if this entire time. Release the premiere of it at like Comic Con or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'm sure they don't do that more. Like, why don't they have like like premieres? They have them at like the film, you know, the uh, movie festivals and stuff. Obviously, of course, like for, like these big blockbuster films. Why don't like Comic Con and those other sort of nerdy conventions more response to have premieres of these films i feel like those would always get super high reviews from all the nerds going to those events anyway if you want good buzz for your films release flasher and comic-con are you kidding me there's no way that one would be coming around with crazy good buzz and positive buzz and everything even though it's only comic-con real moviegoers you know you know the general populace would just see a bunch of people real happy and excited about it and good reviews online and people tweeting about it people loving it right they wouldn't really know the difference if it's a real film festival or a comic-con or you know, a fan expo or something. I'm surprised they don't do that more often. Or just have, like, early screenings uh, for fans. Like, just get some theaters, uh, kind of what they're doing they with Mission Impossible. Those. But typically just, like, the day or two before the movie actually shows. That's true, yeah. Well, Mission Impossible, have you seen how early they're doing early screenings for this movie? Well, it comes out next week, doesn't it? It's coming out next week, but there's early screenings this Thursday, like almost a week before the movie's actually coming out and like they're everywhere like i try to get myself some tickets but uh i slipped up so i i'm missing out on that but like all over north america there's tons of screens they're trying to get as many of those no dude that's exactly what it is because they're all imax it's all imax and it's uh it's coming out it was supposed to come out like what the end of the week but now all of a sudden it's coming out tuesday i'm not surprised you know what (laughs) Like Tom yeah, Cruise, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They probably like went to Tom Cruise, like, "Hey, man, Look, we did you a solid. You got, you got three more days before the release date." Yeah, yeah. So three more days, you get to have the IMAX screens, my guy. You probably fist pumped. He was good yeah, to go. I'm sure yeah. So I'm gonna go Tuesday night now because that's the first night that's coming out in IMAX. Hell yeah, of course. Uh, did we discuss this last? podcast uh which one are you gonna watch first barbie or oppenheimer i don't know what one i'll watch first like just for what works better for scheduling wise because me and hayden are gonna go see oppenheimer and then we're taking our, my mom and sister as well most likely to see barbie so kind of when everyone's schedules line up Heck yeah. but for a um the best way if i had my choice it's oppenheimer first absolutely then barbie yeah that's what i'm thinking i'm thinking oppenheimer yeah first. barbie's the palate cleanser Sure. If you don't want to watch fun, uplifting Barbie, then go sit down for a three-hour black and white violin. <laughs> like, like, that's a tough, you know. I did see someone post a pretty good schedule. Yes. Like yeah, it's like the coffee and then the mimosas. Coffee, the cigarette, yeah. Alzheimer, brunch, <laughs> mimosas, Barbie. That yeah. sounds like a great day. That sounds like an That would be awesome. perfect. Yeah, that would have to be like a Saturday or Sunday because you're all, all obviously doing it in the morning. Um, 
Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't even smoke cigarettes, but I feel like a cigarette before Oppenheimer. Exactly. I'm going with, like, a budget friend, so we're going to have to see if everyone's schedule works for, like, the opening night Friday. If not, then we'll do Saturday. And if that's the case, yeah, maybe I'll try and squeeze that in, like, a coffee and then some mimosas and brunch. Yeah. That does seem like the ideal way to do it. Uh, but by the yeah, way, yeah, cool. definitely going to have drinks in between the two movies. Uh, oh, celebrate. Well, especially if you want drinks before bar. Come on, that's going to be a lot. Yeah, yeah, you definitely want to have a few drinks in. It's, it's going to be a You'll need a freaking drink after watching Oppenheim. <laughs> I'm excited. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty uh, stoked it's for be that. So good. I'm excited for both of these movies. Yeah, no, it's going to be a good time. Speaking of movies that have come out, and I guess speaking of, uh, you know, uh, other films that released in cans, uh, there was the Asteroid City. Did you ever uh, get no, to check that out? I didn't get to see Asteroid City. I watched Transformers instead. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's a lie. I watched Transformers. I think I, Asteroid City was not even playing at my theater here, so much like IMAX, I had to drive an hour to go see it. Yeah, might not have been worth it. I thought it was good, but it, uh, it wasn't nearly his best. Really? Because I've actually heard, like, I saw, I saw Dan do a yeah, quick review of it. He seemed to really like it. It was one of his favorite uh, West Henry. Yeah, uh, well, a lot of my friends really liked it, too. Like, the people that I've been talking to, they've all seemed pretty high on it. I don't, I don't know what it was, because me and my wife both walked out and thought, yeah, it's probably one of his weaker ones. Like, I think <laughs> I've, only, I've only seen two Wes Anderson films, I think. Uh, Grand Blue Fast and French Dispatch. I think this uh, will probably be my favorite, not my second favorite. I think I like this one a lot. I thought French Dispatch was a lot better, but I know you guys were lower on it. And when I walked away, I thought, well, they'll like that way more than French Dispatch. Like, like yeah, if they're going to compare, like yeah. yeah. I don't love the movies that are like three or four short stories in a film. I've never been a big in anthologies. Yeah. Yeah, there's no room. Yeah, I uh, I normally don't love them. Uh, my biggest issue with the anthologies is you can't help but always just think, well, you know, one of these was clearly a much stronger story. They right? should have just made that yeah. the movie. Yeah. You can't help but have that feeling. I, I agree with that. Uh, I, I think it works well with it being a newspaper style. And that's the entire point of the film. Uh, so so yeah. I, I liked it, but I, I, I agree. Uh, that, that is an issue with anthology. Is you can't help but think, there's one clear story here. You should have just made that movie. But yeah, that, that, that's definitely an issue. Uh, and, and Asteroid City, uh, it's good. I, like, I'm gonna get, like, I gave it a three and a half out of five. Like, like I, I like the movie. Uh, I think it's my yeah. third least favorite Wes Anderson film that he's made. I've seen his whole filmography, so. Yeah, he's made ten, so it's my eighth favorite of his. I'm so very happy I went to the theaters because it's so visual. Like, it, 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 the colors are gorgeous. Uh, the performances are really good. Uh, it's actually, like, we were talking about how stacked the cast was, but when you watch the movie, you kind of Every time someone new pops up, you're like, holy fucking shit, I forgot they had this guy in the movie. Like, okay, I, I know this a lot. Back. I can remember like five or six people in it, but I know there's like 12 to 15 recognizable faces. So yeah. I know like, when I'm watching, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's them. Yeah. You know, whenever they pop up. Yeah, it's pretty good. Like, the movie literally starts with Brian Cranston. I just went, holy shit, I forgot this guy was in the movie. Like, yeah, I, that was what, I did not remember Brian Cranston was in this movie. Yeah, and then the other surprise was uh, Steve Carell when he popped in. Oh, uh, I love Carell. I forgot he was in it. He was so good. Uh, he, he was one of my favorites. Uh, you know, uh, everyone's really good in the movie. Margot Robbie's in it for a total of ten seconds, though, so you don't don't get too excited that she's in the movie. Yeah, should... no. Is Scarlett Johansson the leads? She seems to be. Like yes, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, her and Jason Schwartzman are the two leads. I'll take it. That's pretty good. Like They're it. really good. They're really good. Honestly, my biggest criticism that that's like the one criticism most people agree with is the film has such a large cast, and his movies are only an hour and a half, right? Like they're all short. Yeah. So because the cast is so huge and they have to give like a moment to every single like, incredible actor they have in this movie, I just wish they spent 
all their time focused on Jason Schwartzman and Scarlett Johansson because they were the clear emotional crutch of this film and they were really, really, really good. Uh, but then they just had like they just had so many people they needed to show that like I kind of wish we just got more into their story. A little more of a focused story, and, yeah, uh, than a big ensemble sort of. Yeah, it's still a focused story. It is like they are the f- focal point, but because there's so many people and it's only an hour and a half, like it felt like we only got like 50 minutes with them, right? Which is still right. like a, most of the movie, but like you know, I I, I just I, I did like the movie. It was because good. That's why longer movies are always better. <laughs> that's right. The quality of film is this runtime. Yeah, the casual audience was right. Uh, they saw that runtime of asteroids sitting. They thought, oh my gosh, they must be running out of ideas. Yeah, they they, they yeah. saw that coming a mile away. Original ideas. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Imagine that. Yeah, uh, twenty five million dollar budget on that movie. You could not tell. Like it, it looks incredible. It's crazy. Um. And like, that, you know, in all fairness, the list of people on there, I assume most of them make, you know, are easily most of the budget, right? Like, Scarlett Johansson doesn't act for cheap, I wouldn't think. Tim Margot Robbie, Brian Cranston, they're all big names. Tom Hanks? Like, yeah. That's these guys are crazy. Cheap. Yeah. In what world does Tom Hanks take, like, a small paycheck for this? Like, it doesn't seem possible. But, like, they had to have all taken a small check, right? I did see a uh, news article, uh, like, the headline saying that Scarlett Johansson took a big pay cut to work with Wesley Anderson. And like, I'm, I'm not surprised. Like they would have had to, because like, she was making m- tens of millions, I'm sure, from a Marvel movie. This whole budget is 25 million. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. That's She's true. Like making millions alone for each Marvel. That's a good point. Her paycheck for like Avengers Endgame was more than the entire budget of Asteroid City. Probably pretty freaking close too. Yeah, and, and she was in Asteroid City a lot more than Endgame. So yeah, yeah. Uh, the other film that I saw, which I believe you also watched, uh, the Netflix film that just dropped uh, a week ago, Nimona. I have not. Oh, I thought you did. I would just because uh, our sister saw it. I thought, I thought you guys all saw it together. You watch it without me? <laughs> I have not seen it. I'm really excited for it. It looks incredible. Yeah. yeah I did. And did you know our little sister has a litter box? Just recently, I believe. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, uh, I don't know why I didn't know this. I was just talking well i was talking to her and andrew because they were playing fortnite together so i just walked to the room and talked to them for a bit and uh, you know of course i bring the conversation to movies i was like oh what did you watch she's like oh yeah i saw that uh, that nimona movie i was like oh awesome and she's like yeah i gave it a, she was like yeah it was okay so i thought she gave so i thought she just wasn't a big fan of it like just okay uh and then andrew was like oh yeah she reviewed it on letterbox so i was like what so first of all i had to find that she i found out that she had letterbox and i found out that she followed me on letterbox six months ago i just didn't follow oh, her back <laughs> yeah she's had it for like six months and i just heard about this now so i went to go check her letterbox and she gave it a four and a half out of, out of five so that's classic jada yeah you asked her <laughs> on anything oh, it's okay and then her it's okay is anything from a one star to a four and a half star. like it's anything <laughs> it's okay could mean absolutely anything to them. every movie is just okay yeah <laughs> it's incredible i just love how like casual she was like yeah it was fine Right. Give it a higher score than I did. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> uh, but it looks. I haven't seen it yet, but it looks really good. I'm gonna pull up Jada's letterbox. Our, our little sister here. She she has reviewed one movie. All right. I'm not gonna tell you what the movie is. I'm gonna read you the review, and you're gonna guess what the movie is. Okay. Oh boy. Okay. All right. The review is. I really enjoyed this film. That's that's a good one. Is it Spider-Man into the spider across the spider? <laughs> Spider-Man across the spiders. I knew it. I knew she really enjoyed that film. Was that a five star? Yeah, that was a four and a half. 
<laughs> same as Namor. Right? <laughs> yeah, same as Namor. Yeah, so I thought that was really funny. Yeah, I want all of her reviews to just be like, "This was good." Yeah, this was good. Yeah, Namona movie. To anyone that hasn't seen it, because it's honestly, I think the biggest knock against it is its name. I feel like you hear that name, you're like, "What the fuck does that mean?" I'm not gonna check that out. Like, it's just like a random fucking word. But it is based off like an actual anime or comic or something a manga i'm not too familiar with any of that but apparently it's based on like actual things so that's why it's it's called the yeah, actual i've heard of nimona before yeah but i could be honest. yeah so so it is based off of you know uh, i guess an ip that i wasn't familiar familiar with um but uh i anybody that's listening I, I recommend checking it out it's on netflix and i thought it was absolutely adorable it, it was a really cute film uh, i sent you the link Tristan. did you see the production history of this film i i knew nothing about this no i did not so nimona apparently has had a huge history it even had like a whole twitter uproar for a few months you know how crazy twitter gets so apparently the film was actually a 20th century fox film and in 2019 when disney bought out 20th century fox the film was already about 70 percent into production like it was pretty much almost done being made so they showed disney uh the products that they had so far and you haven't seen the film yet, Tristan, but it's very clearly gay. <laughs> like, you know, the, they, they don't shy away from anything. It's a gay movie. And so uh, according to uh, the people that worked on the film, uh, they came into interviews and said that Disney shut that down instantly. They said, we, we don't want a, a very openly gay character to, like, to be the lead in an animated movie. And they like, scrapped the film or they pushed it back to 2020 then they pushed it to 2021 then they pushed it back to 2022 and then they scrapped it they, they like held it off for three years hemmed and hawed apparently they had a couple of meetings about it and uh the people that were making Nimona actually cut out the gay scenes in the movie and then showed them the movie and hoped that they would like it then and then if they did green light it they would try and convince them after to put it back in yeah so they, they, they tried to do the best they could with the movie. Disney wasn't having anything with it, so they scrapped it entirely. And Twitter freaked out, of course, as all things Twitter does. But I guess this freakout actually benefited to any, everyone's behalf because they kept tagging studio executives, you know, people that were associated with different studios uh, to hope that someone would pick the film up. And I'm not surprised if anybody Netflix did it. Not <laughs> yeah, I, know. I know, right? Tristan, this is the most Netflix like, movie ever. Already totally finished made movie that's supposed to be pretty good that people don't want for just random controversial reasons. I can take it. Like, <laughs> it yeah, that's what we're looking for. Yeah, and it's... also one that has maybe a slim chance, but a chance at a best animated picture nom or possible win. Uh, yeah, they'll take that. They lo- they love getting noms in the best animated picture category. Yeah, never win. They usually collect in the noms. <laughs> actually, no last yeah, year. Netflix hates uh yeah yeah netflix hates winning they just love the nomination it feels good they love the nom they yeah. just like being good yeah uh, we should get an update on like the percentage of noms versus wins because it's horrible even though there's like a young studio they must have the absolute worst win rates for how often they get nominated their win rate is like like less than a percent out <laughs> now, their percentage is, uh, <laughs> and they, they haven't won very many yeah it is higher than one percent it's probably like four percent like it's it's pretty up it's it's, e- it's easily single digits there's like, no chance walker movies like trial of chicago seven that gets not like 13 noms and just wins nothing yeah one thing didn't win adapted screenplay yeah like insane but then same year right same year irishman another 12 13 noms and it won 
Anything? None. Uh, Irishman won none. It got ten noms yeah, and one nothing. Nine. Yeah, it got ten noms. When like they get movies like that all the time, they get massive amount of noms. Just no, not a single one. Yeah, Mar- uh, Marriage Story had eight noms and won one. Like, yeah, that's the best they can get is is one nom. Uh, Don't Look Up had six noms and got none. Yeah, yeah. The the the, the list goes on. They Out really the dog got like thirteen noms. They got one one. Yeah, yeah. It got yeah one win. I think yeah. So you know. They're really good at uh, getting those noms. They just can't really pull through at the end. Not at all. Uh, So they probably will get the nomination for this film, which honestly they should. Uh, It sounds like it deserves it. And this I think it's really good. Pretty weak year for animation in general, besides Spider Verse. Like most of the Disney and Pixar stuff seems to be whiffed. Well, I would say it's weak for Disney and Pixar, but I think uh, yeah, obviously Spider Man and uh, Nimona I think are two really good animated films, and we still have. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which looks really, yeah, really good. That looks really good. And Mario is pretty solid. I mean, it wasn't anything great. And then Studio Ghibli, uh, the, the director, I'm, I don't remember his name, but the director of Spirit Away, this is his last... Miyazaki? Yeah, Miyazaki. This is his last Studio Ghibli film. Wait, why? He's retiring. For real? Yeah, apparently this is his last one. He, he wants to make one more. Apparently he had one story he wanted to tell left. Uh, so he spent like five years making this movie. Because I have heard some people say this might be the first year since its inception that Disney won't get a nom for Best Animated Picture. Yeah. It all depends on if Wish is good. If Wish whiffs, then it'll be the first year without one, I think. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's solely on whiff. Cause, it's all on whiff. I can't see any of their other movies making it. No, no, it's just not going to. Yeah, because like... Work, this, I said this, this was not... Last year was a bad year for animation. This year has not, not been bad year for animation. Yeah, I was, a, just, I was a big fan of last year. Uh, but this year... Animation, yeah. it, was, it was a rough year. Uh, this year, I already have two animated films in my top five. Obviously, Nimona and Spider Man, yeah. and, um, and like, that, this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie looks awesome. And yeah, and honestly, I literally couldn't give less of a shit about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I, it's just a property I have no connection with. Me but too. yeah, never, yeah. But, but it looks good. Like it, it looks so good. It looks really nice. Uh, I'm really excited for that movie. And then uh, obviously the Studio Ghibli film. I think that's going to be great. I'm pretty excited. It's also kind of baller. Have you heard that they are not doing any marketing for it? No wonder I haven't heard of it. Yeah, no wonder you haven't heard of it. Miyazaki has literally come out and said that he's not doing any marketing for this. They are not releasing a trailer, a poster, nothing. Not even a poster. Oh, well, they have like a hand, like there's a photo of like an eel, and they're just using that as a placeholder poster because that's all they can get. Okay. So there's, yeah, literally nothing on this movie, which is kind of baller. He just went, this movie speaks for itself. I don't need to promote it. That means we're sure not going to go to my theater. Uh, no, no, definitely not. <laughs> no, I don't even know it's going to go to my theaters, honestly. I, I don't know. That sucks. I would like that. Yeah. I, mean, uh, I, yeah. I think it's dropping near the end of the year, so it'll just be like, uh, it'll probably go to a few film festivals, maybe. Uh, I, I have no idea. I know nothing about the movie, but I think it's going to be pretty good. Uh, you know, it'll get the nom. Uh, Spider-Man's already winning, so we're just, you know. Yeah. yeah. We're fighting for second place. Yeah, so Netflix, uh, you know, they're doing what they do best, and they're hoping they can just get the nomination at least. Good for them for picking it up, you know? I was I was really glad they picked it up. Uh, just, it's kind of crazy because I couldn't help but watch it and think to myself, "They greenlit Strange World and Lightyear, but they said no to this." Like you can't help but think, like, how the fuck do they say no to this? Like this is just a genuinely good movie. It's you know crazy. Decision to cancel this. It feels like a real Bob Chapek. You know? Oh, oh, it was a hundred. Yeah, because uh, it was in twenty nineteen. It was a hundred percent Bob Chapek. That is a Chapek yeah, movie. Written all over it. Yeah, that screams Chapek. Like honestly. Like, whenever I tell people the story, uh, and they're like, oh my god, uh, this is horrible. And I was like, well, caveat, like, this was in 2019 when Chapek ran it. Like, if this came to them to their doorstep today, 
they probably would take it. Like, this is just a really good movie. But, like, yeah, a horrible move on their part. It makes no sense. Well, because Champik was also the guy who said, and I quote, adults don't go home and watch animated films. He was an idiot, Which, yeah. Like, what? He's anti-animated films. Uh, and then he, uh, well, I guess I don't know for sure if it's him, but Disney voted the, the Say No to Gay, right? Bill for Florida. Like, Disney made horrible decisions in the 2019 to 2022. Um, but yeah, no, I, I recommend Nimona. Uh, and it's like easy breezy hour and a half animated film on Netflix. Uh, everyone should check it out. It's super, super chill. So speaking of the great actors that we were briefly discussing, I decided to make a little game here for you, Tristan, just because uh, I feel like this is one of the rare times we have like such an all-star group of celebrities. You know, it's great to see big celebrities like Tom Hanks, Scarlett Johansson, Brian Cranston, Jeff Goldblum, all these big stars just out there promoting Asteroid City. Uh, like, I, I, I love following the uh, promotion for that movie just because it's kind of rare we get to see so many huge stars, you know, with like such beautiful sets behind them just talking about working in film. So they were all asked this question, and I figured I'm going to reach out to you and see if you can make some guesses here. Uh, a lot of these stars were asked uh, in interviews what their favorite films are of all time. So I'm going to give you the five stars that I took the films for, and they'll give you the movie, and you have to guess which of the five stars said that movie. Okay. I like it. I like it. All right, so I'll give you the five stars first. Uh, so you have the board in front of you. You have Tom Hanks. You have Scarlett Johansson. Mm-hmm. You have Tony Revolori. Do you remember who Tony Revolori is? refresh uh he plays zero in grand budapest he uh he's like that like jock guy i think from the spider-man movies okay yeah i was, I was trying to get like a younger guy in the crowd so we can kind of oh he's dash in the spider-man dash that, right? yeah that's his name yeah dash or flash whatever his name is that guy we got brian cranston and then we got jeff goldblum okay. all right so those are your five we'll go through the list here First film, already we'll throw a curveball here, Asteroid City. Who said during the promotion of Asteroid City that Asteroid City is their favorite film of all time? That really feels like a Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> like, of all of them, like, the one that say the movie is marketing and doing an interview for, that feels like a Jeff Goldblum. It really does. I'm going to go with Goldblum. Yeah, it's 100% Goldblum. <laughs> yeah, that feels, of all of them, that feels like a Goldblum move. <laughs> And then they told him you couldn't do it. They were like, hey, you're not allowed to say Asteroid City. You have to pick a different movie. And he was like, oh, oh, I didn't realize there was rules to this game. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Those Goldblum answer ever. All right. We'll go to the next movie. Goldblum actually also said two of the movies that I'm going to be listing off here. Uh, but we're taking them off the board now. I just wanted to throw them out for Asteroid okay. City. But uh, the next film I have here, Terminator 2. You gave Scarlett Johansson. I mean, that's one of the options, right? Scarlett Johansson? Yep. So, gut feeling when you first told me about this game here, I'm like, I have a feeling Scarlett Johansson's favorite film is, is a James Cameron movie. And now here we are with a James, James Cameron. James Cameron. Scarlett Johansson. It is Scarlett Johansson. That's a good gut. You know your stars. All right, let's go to the next one here. Uh, a film that Andrea hates, uh, but okay. one that you have not yet seen. But we were a fan of the score when we did the bracket a few weeks ago. 2001 is Space Odyssey. And what actors do I have left? I know I have Dash. Oh, well, by the way, there, there, there are repeats. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, sorry, I, I have eight movies and five stars. Okay. Some of them said two. 
So give me, give me the the the, the board Tom again. Carlos Johansson and Jeff Goldblum or Dash. Are the other two guys? Uh, we have Brian Cranston and Tom Hanks. Oh, this is Brian Cranston. Uh, Tom Hanks. So you were between the two. You were close. Yeah, I knew it was one of those two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have The Godfather Part One. Cranston. Yeah, that, that's Cranston. Yeah. yeah Cranston. Yeah, that seems like a Cranston watch. I, I it can really see that. Does, yeah. All right. The next one I have is uh, Super Bad. Dash. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's uh, yeah, he, yeah, that's we're, just, we're around the same age. We grew up together. Like I, it, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. Don't ask me. That's my answer. You know what I mean? Like I get that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the next one I have here is City Lights. You know what that movie is? No, but I know Tom Hanks loves it. <laughs> it's it's uh it's Charlie Chaplin's like third most successful film. Uh, it's, uh, it's a, it's a big Charlie Chaplin film. It's actually also Tenny, uh, Tony Ravioli, uh, Dash or Flash. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that threw me off. I was like, man, the dude listed Superbad and City Lights. What a combo. I just... I, <laughs> I respect that. Honestly? I'm not surprised at all. He yeah. probably loved Superbad, but that felt obligated to say an older film. Yeah, he, he was like, I gotta say something really, you know, yeah. really old they now. People respect, right? They think he's a young guy yeah. who only watches movies doesn't know anything. Yeah, and, and they're both comedies, right? Like, yeah, no, yeah, exactly. I'm sure he really, yeah, absolutely. Honestly, uh, next time we go hang out with you, Tristan, we'll do a double feature of Superbad and City Lights. I'm sure that's a great double <laughs> We'll watch them both the same night. Uh, which, uh, well, a well, hot take, City Lights is one of my least favorite Chaplin films, but we'll still watch it. We'll, we'll do the okay. double feature. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then uh, we got two left here. I have Groundhog Day. I, I feel like they all like this one. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Who doesn't like Groundhog Day? I <laughs> like Groundhog Day. I'm going to go with Tom Hanks. Uh, it was uh, Scarlett Johansson. Between the two of them. Yeah. Uh, did you know that uh, Tom Hanks was offered the lead role in Groundhog Day at first? I'm not, it, feel, it feels like something he could have done. Yeah, yeah, he turned it down because he says uh, Hollywood knows that he's like the nice guy, so the entire movie they would wait for him to turn in, like, to change, right? Like, they would see it coming. Like the heel uh, turn of him becoming like a good person, uh, he said right. it. Yeah, he said it'd be too obvious. They would know he would become a good person. Can you push for Bill Murray? He said he has more of an edge to him. Like he'd be more of a. Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. I should. I actually think Tom Hanks was right there. I think Bill Murray would have been better for it. So I agree. He, yeah, it, it was a better movie because Bill, yeah. Bill Murray. Tom Hanks is a good guy. He's like, ah, nah. He, like, he looks out for the movie. He's like, my, my boy Bill Murray could do it. Yeah, what a good guy. Uh, the last movie I have here is The Exorcist. Got the dark here, Cranston. Yeah, yeah, Christ it. Yeah, I felt like <laughs> Yeah, you can kind of see how he uh, turned into Walter White. Uh, the Godfather and yeah. The Exorcist, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's Walter White's two favorite films. I feel like you would like them both. <laughs> For sure, The Godfather. Oh, The Godfather. Dude, Walter White's based off The Godfather, yeah. He really is. <laughs> like, when he's doing Heisenberg, he's just doing his best Godfather impression. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, he's just trying to act. Yeah, he's like, all right, I've, I've seen The Godfather a few times. Perfect. Well, that's everything on our end, guys. Have a great day.